she hands me the phone and it's like, Brady, this is the Hillary Duff fan club. Like, we'd like to tell you, you won. Like, you <gasps> won the national Hillary Duff contest, <laughs> look like contest. And I was like, of course I did. <laughs> That's Rainy Lancaster Hogue. I'm Cara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. I'm really excited you're here this morning. It has been such a treat to meet you as a client. And the more that we meet and talk and get to hang out, the more fascinating you are. Cause like we're peeling back different layers and getting to know each other differently. And to whenever I work with somebody to bring a brand to life, I get to know so many things about like who they are and what makes them tick. Cause we focus so much on the why, like yeah. why this matters to you. Um, so before I jump in with all my questions, I have so many for you today. Let's tell everyone <laughs> who you are, where you are, and what you're up to. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. I am Rainy Lancaster Hogue. I am currently in Los Angeles, California, California-based. Uh, I've lived in California for about eight years now, ever since I graduated um, undergrad, but originally born and raised in Tallahassee, Florida, on the Florida-Georgia border in the South. Um, but yeah, a new, new to Los Angeles, so moved here in August. I was in San Francisco before then, but loving and it. How has it been going from San Francisco to LA? I personally love it. I mean, I think San Francisco is great. Obviously, I, I spent so much time there. I um, you know, m met my husband there, essentially, uh, had so many friends and great experiences there. It's such a hub for technology and just, um, you know, a melting pot in itself. But I, I am loving LA. I think I feel more creative than ever mm -hmm. here. Um, and obviously love, love the weather, despite the, the rain that we've had for about four months, which is apparently unusual <laughs> here. Yes. Um, yeah, but but you know, growing up in Florida, I I love the sunshine. I love just having a bit more space, and you know, just meeting new people. Um, you know, and and just getting a new community. It's been really fun. It feels like I'm going on girl dates again for like the first time in years, which has been it's been really, really great. Well, I think that's something that people get so hard on themselves about because making new friends as an adult seems to become harder and harder. So I want to mm -hmm. pause for a second and talk about girl dates because I think this matters. Yeah. How do you make girl dates happen? Are you walking up to people in random places being like, hi, we should be friends? Like, how is this happening? Yeah, it's a great question because I think, um, you know, moving here, I maybe have one, like what you would consider a best girlfriend here and a lot of, you know, friends of friends or acquaintances. And so I, I really think it's just putting yourself out there, whether you're you know, say at a friend's dinner party, seated next to someone, um, you know, just putting yourself out there and asking them, hey, let's getting their information. Just it's it's like networking, you know, in a way, but uh, flirting with girls. And I, I think it's almost easier to make friends, uh, stronger friendships at this age, because I feel like, you know, where I'm at and where a lot of the women that I'm surrounded with are at now, it's everyone's really confident in who they are at this age, you know, you're not early to I'm 29 for reference about to be 30, uh, in a month. So, 
Um, but I think in your early 20s, like you're you're kind of like figuring out who you are, right? And when you're moving, when I moved to San Francisco, that was me. I, I didn't totally know who I was. I, you know, you're insecure in that and making friends. And I think now it's like, you know what you like, you know what you want, um, generally across the board. And, uh, you know, just making those connections with with other like-minded women um and just putting yourself out there and setting the date being intentional follow up um yeah so it's, it's been fun it's been you know new but very fun and i've made some great girlfriends so far here um really inspiring women well and we met because you have had this idea in your head for a long time of something that you want to create so let's tell everyone about this idea and what it is and yeah where where it came from yeah, um, so definitely still still work in progress. Um, but you know, I, I currently work in entertainment and marketing, which we can get into in a, in a second. But um, I have always been drawn to fashion and home and lifestyle. I um, you know grew up with a very southern environment and mother, and you know, very traditional household, making the beauty out of everyday moments, whether it's you know dressing up just because, just to make yourself feel great, whether it's making a tablescape, you know, for a small dinner party or just getting flowers from the farmer's market on a random day to to make your home feel a bit more inviting and beautiful. And, you know, not even just doing it for other people, but doing it for yourself. Um, and so I'm really trying to create a destination um, and eventually a marketplace that can be a one-stop shop for all of that. So, you know, um, what you would wear on these moments, what you would need for to decorate your home in these moments and, and just advice for that kind of life well-lived um, and making, you know, the everyday moments beautiful. Why is making the everyday moment beautiful important to you? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think... I think it really comes from my upbringing and my my mom. My mom just created such a wonderful space for us growing up. Um, and not even that, like, it's like nice things or anything. It just like it, it exudes happiness sometimes when you're you're creating something beautiful like that, whether it's a tablescape or florals or something, or even just like candles and stuff. I, I it's it's hard to describe that feeling. Um, but again, it's not even just like checking a box to like, oh, I'm a good hostess or, oh, I'm doing this. It's, it's doing it, you know, to make other people feel welcome um, and, and exude that happiness. So mm -hmm. if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, for, to me, it totally does. There's, yeah. we can choose things to be however they show up mm -hmm. or we can choose to make things as beautiful and exciting as possible. And, you know, having a background in, in some like urban anthropology and like how people choose to lay out cities and towns. There's such a distinct mm -hmm. difference between how a well-planned cared about town or city feels yeah, and the impact it makes, like the confidence people have, how much money they're making, the level of community interaction versus spaces that aren't beautiful mm -hmm. or cared about. It honestly makes me so mad about LA because it could be the most beautiful city in the world if it wanted mm -hmm. to. Yeah, And I don't know why we haven't decided to really invest in making it stunning because yeah. it could be. And that's yeah. everyone of, of all places on an individual level, individual people's homes, how they present themselves. Like we know what amazing visuals can look like here. So why mm -hmm. aren't we putting it into the entire community? 
Yeah. And everyone has a different definition of beautiful too. And that's the beauty of it. Like everyone, you know, has their own distinct design style and aesthetic and what they like, what they don't like. And and that's so fun for me, exploring those different aesthetics and putting unexpected things, whether it's like unexpected, you know, China with um, votives or florals and stuff. And I, I love going over to other people's homes too and seeing, you know, their uh, definition of beautiful and how they, they bring that to life too. It just brings me a lot of joy personally. <laughs> well, you're a very busy woman. You have an important job with important people. Um, let's tell everyone quickly what you're doing so they can get some scope of how important and busy you actually are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> important, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but uh, <laughs> busy, yes, I am. Um, so yes, so... I, after I graduated um, Duke University in 2015, I moved out to San Francisco and started full-time at Apple. And I have been there ever since, almost eight years now, which is crazy to say, Um, fully on the services side. I've always been in marketing for Apple services, starting out on Apple Music. Um, So I started the summer that we launched Apple Music full-time, actually. Uh, We got into the streaming wars, which was very fun. Uh, just a wild time. <laughs> uh, it felt like being in a startup at a big company in like the best way. Um, and so I worked with Apple Music for about five and a half years, um, doing partnership marketing, a lot of experiential marketing. And then I switched over recently to the Apple TV Plus side. So um, I work in marketing on our series and films. So helping bring those to life. And are there any series or films that are out now that you're proud to have worked on? Yeah, I think the most recent example would be Shrinking, starring Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Uh, probably just one of the most fantastic series to date, personally, that I, I love so much. It's such a such an inspiring series, too. Um, have you Have you seen it yet? I have actually. So yeah. my coach, okay, <laughs> we were having a session and we were talking about how it's so easy to get attached to our clients and to want to push their businesses forward and like, just mm-hmm. like, be like, give it to me, just give it to me. I'll handle it. Yeah. And we were talking about that. And she's like, have you seen shrinking yet? And I was like, no, she's like, so when you're so mad at a client, cause they're not doing what they could, and when you just want to help them so badly, go watch it. You'll get it, even though they're therapists. And sure enough, I think I binge watched the entire thing in like a weekend because mm-hmm. it was so relatable. Yeah. And it's yeah. why I could never be a therapist because I, I <laughs> and, couldn't, I can't honor those boundaries of like, no, we're just going to do whatever it takes to make this happen. <laughs> and I just feel like the style of the show and the themes, um, it's from the same creators as Ted Lasso, which obviously is such a hit. And um, a cult favorite, but um, shrinking it, it, you know, it's it's a comedy, but it's an emotional comedy. It tackles the subjects that we all deal with every day, like grief. Um, you know, personally, I uh, lost my older brother a few years ago, and so it was. It it really just hit hard to to see the way that you know families evolve and um, people can grow, and like grief will always be there, but you can come out of it and and you know, um, evolve in that, in that sense. So I just, and, and I just love the team working on the show. I mean, I'm obsessed with my coworkers at Apple. It's, it's what's kept me there all these years, obviously, but, um, the team that, 
actually brought the show to life and, and Bill Lawrence and Jason Siegel and so forth and Brett Goldstein. It's just such a talented group of people. Well, I think Jason Siegel and Brett Goldstein, they're just on my list of people that I want to like have a coffee with. Like, I just want to be friends with them because I, I just, I'm yeah. like, I think we be friends. I like them. They, they're they yeah. so optimistic, but real. They um, just make things happen. And they seem to be people who like to move things out of the way for other people to look amazing as well. And yeah. so I feel a kinship with the two of them in particular being like, what would happen if we got together? Like, what else could we make happen? And I, yeah. I'm just so committed to having people with that perspective and mindset in my space. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember who I was talking to recently, but she just kind of declared, I'm not coming to the party unless it's people who are like hanging out at my vibe. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, like it changes things so much. Um, it does, so it does. Yeah, It makes me I feel mean, good that they're one degree away. Should I need to make that lunch happen? I'll be like, so rainy. I was no, thinking. No, I think, I think one, one degree is maybe a, maybe an overstatement for sure. Um, but yes, huge, huge fangirl of, of them and just working on, you know, something they touched is, is an honor for sure. Yeah. You know, I was, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, you know, being almost 30 is still very young to be as accomplished as you are and not just accomplished in your career at Apple, but also um, gaining recognition as the content creator that you are yourself and the brand partnerships you're, you're creating. Thank and you. to know that you are ready to finally answer the whispers that have been building in your head of like, do the business, do the business. It's still young. And I don't totally. think that age yeah, has... Yeah anything to do with like when you're ready or successful because people start things at 80 they start things at 15 like who knows mm -hmm. um but how hearing about having lost your brother like did that shift changing your perspective on how you use your time and how you go after things like was it an For amplifier sure. mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i mean i think um you know, it, it's such a tough thing to lose someone very close to you. Uh, and he was such a, such a vibrant soul. Um, and he was also in entertainment. Um, he was, uh, you know, in the, the filmmaking business too. And, and he was such an inspiration and, and always did what he wanted and just like such a fun person and, and lived life at its biggest, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think, for sure, losing losing someone and someone um, who had a lo lot more life to give, yeah, that that changes things for you and puts it in mm -hmm. perspective that life is short. Um, yeah. We don't we don't have much time, and it's like you know we should be doing the things that we are passionate about um, and doing all of them. You know, you don't mm -hmm. have, just have to have one singular day job. Like I I love my job at Apple, but I also am really loving tapping into some of my other passions like you know fashion and home and styling and um you know just curating things for people it's it's really fun it's something i've always done as a hobby i think and done with my family but now it's it's fun to be able to collaborate with other brands and female founders and obviously working with you uh on everything so so yeah it's it's been great to finally tap into to that whisper and voice, as you say, um, and start doing a little bit more in that space. Well, I also love that so much of your brand is based off of really just wanting to share what's brought you so much joy with other people. Mm -hmm. you know, 
I think so often people will get sucked into thinking that they should be an entrepreneur, should have their own business because they want to make money. Yeah. And one of my kind of metrics for who gets past the velvet rope <laughs> to hang out for coaching is who's oh, I doing got, it. I got past the you got rope. Past. Yeah. You didn't even know you were VIP. Wow. Um, but like one of the qualifications is why are you doing it? Like, what's the motivation? Because if it's truly about sharing something that you see and comes naturally to you and you want to gift to other people, like that is a, like, it's a different place from which all other things will become easier. Mm -hmm. It's much harder, I think, to be like, I own car washes because they make money. And you're like, great. Yeah. Are you, but you think about this all the time. Like, it's almost mm -hmm. turning what is, um, automatically consuming to you into how you get to communicate and share with the world at this point. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. And I think, you know, the greatest work and products come from doing something that you love. So it's like, you know, take the money aside, right? If you're passionate about something and you're something that's you know, you're waking up and feeling creative and, and wanting to work and wanting to put pen to paper to things like that's when that's when the magic happens, right? It yeah. shouldn't be just, you know, for those other reasons, as you say. Yeah. So you are building the Rainy Lancaster brand. <laughs> yep. You're curling the process of expanding your brand partnerships. You're building out your brand new website. All mm -hmm. of it should be launching around when this goes live. Yeah. Um, how does that's, it feel <laughs> to see your vision being put to screen or paper and, and being built out? You know, it's just been great to even put time and work on this. Right. Like I think, um, I think I'm, I'm finding my personal like successes and short-term goals, right. Versus long-term. And I think that's something we've talked about a lot. It's like, you have to set these short-term goals for yourself, whether it's, you know, these individual partnerships or, you know, doing branding for something or creating a newsletter, creating a site and so forth. Like I, I do have a lot of big visions and, and dreams, but um, achieving those kind of short-term goals have, have been what's best for me mentally and, and what's been pushing me forward. And um, it's just been, it's been great. And it's been so exciting to see, to see little things come to life. Um, I'm really excited to see it kind of all come together in full, but I'm still very, you know, very new at this too. Right. Like, it's like, yeah. I'm just having fun. I'm doing what feels natural to me. Um, I'm, you know, in awe of so many female creators, tastemakers, curators, founders, entrepreneurs out there. Um, I'm learning every single day from each and every one of them, some of them friends, some of them, you know, just follows on, on Instagram or yeah. from afar. Um, so again, I am no expert in, in this space yet. Like I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, follow my own passion and, um, see where that leads me. So for people who are listening, who are working a high profile job or a job that takes a lot of their time as yours does, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how can they balance starting something on the side that brings them joy while still maintaining all their responsibilities at their day job? 
That's such a, such a great question because you can't sacrifice, right? You can't sacrifice your day job. Um, especially if it's one that's very time consuming and a lot's on the line. Right. (laughs) Um, so for me, it's been just, you know, late nights once I'm finished with, you know, my day job and so forth, um, using at least like an hour or two every night to put pen to paper, to do research, to, you know, listen to podcasts, you know, um, explore just other relevant examples and, you know, keep building that inspiration. And additionally, obviously weekends, uh, you, you just have to take the time. And, you know, if it is content creation, I think that's, that's a tricky one. Cause it's like, how do you feel successful at the end of the day? If say you've worked a 10 hour job during the day, but you've posted nothing or you've done nothing on the content creation side. And I think it's, it's really tricky and it can bring you down sometimes and you can get into this mental spiral of like, oh, I'm not doing enough here. I'm not doing enough there, or sacrificing one or the other. So I think give yourself leniency too, because uh, it's it's never an easy um, calculation of, of like the split time that you put into either one, but definitely stick with the routine, maybe dedicate a couple hours, like on a singular day every week or on a Sunday afternoon, um, and really start just consistently keeping up with that. And then you'll see results. Well, and you also have to balance, I'm sure, um, your wanting to spend time with your husband and his schedule. Yeah. You guys travel a lot. So yes. if it, I think you're just such a great example of if you really want to create something badly enough, you will find the time. Because... <laughs> It's, yeah. I think every time we talk, you just got back from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, we are deep in uh, wedding season right now, <laughs> which is so great. I mean, we're seeing so many of our best friends, um, you know, marry the loves of their lives and such great, unique places. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them are East Coast for us. So it's a, a lot of travel. Um, we have a lot of New York travel. We're actually going to Mallorca, Spain in a couple of weeks, which I've never been. So I'm so excited. Um, so it's, it's been great. It's, it's been great, but exhausting in, in a lot of ways. Um, but we, you know, we got married last year and so it was a lot of people doing the same for us. So we're excited to show up for them as they did for us. Is your husband from the East coast as well? No, he's actually from the Bay area too. Yeah. So he's, he's California, um, California, married a Southerner. I don't know what he was thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, he's from Bay area, born and raised. Uh, so moving to LA, I feel like was a big move. Cause I feel like Northern California has a view of Southern California, which I'm learning, but he's loving it. He, I think all those, uh, you know, um, myths from Northern California about Southern Cal- California have been shattered. Love that. Did you move for your job, his job? Another reason? Um, primarily my job for TV Plus. Yeah. So I, I switched over to TV Plus during the pandemic um, when everyone was remote. And, you know, it was with the understanding that when those, um, you know, regulations were lifted and we went back to the office that I would be in the LA office. And we had been in San Francisco for so long. Um, the city changed a lot. We had a lot of friends that moved out too. So I think it was just time for us to try something new. Um, so my job was the catalyst for that. 
um, and his job is fully remote, luckily. So, um, you know, we had the flexibility to, to move, yeah. but yeah, we're loving it. I think it's a new interesting thing that partnerships are navigating today of the roles being so up in the air about who does what, like all the traditions have kind of gone out the window about who earns more money than the other person. Do mm-hmm. we move for your job, his job or her job? Or mm-hmm. um, like how we're balancing everyday life and partnerships together has, has evolved so much, I think, from our parents' generation and, of course, our grandparents' generation. Yeah. For you guys, has it been a natural flow to figure out what that balance looks like? Or have there been interesting conversations about wh- what your roles are for your unique relationship? That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't think any of the traditional like gender roles like come into play with us. We're both very hardworking people. Um, you know, we both have full-time jobs. We're a uh, dual, dual income household. I, 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 I've never not felt supported by him. He is so supportive of me and, you know, my journey and my career at Apple, my um, new foray into this, um, you know, fashion and lifestyle space too. He has been nothing but supportive of, you know, everything that's to come for me. So it's, it's been great. And it's, it's something I hope everyone finds in their relationship is that, you know, type of partnership that, um, isn't like an either, or like one of us can be the powerful one, or one of us can do this or, you know, um, cause I'm sure, you know, it, it shifts naturally sometimes, like success, each other's successes and wins. There's going to be periods where it's one or the other, but um, throughout that, we're always supporting each other, which is great. Yeah. yeah. We ask everyone what they think about the words powerful and ladies. Are those definitions different when the words are separate and does it change when they're next to each other? Uh, I think it absolutely changes when they are separate and together, which is maybe not a great thing. You know, um, I think let's start with separate. So for me, lady, I think like lady in general, just being from the South, like I immediately jumped to ladylike, which means, you know, polite, traditional, like well-dressed, well-mannered, soft-spoken, nice, which could be considered the opposite of like powerful on its own when to me, powerful means someone who's really strong in their convictions and, you know, the loudest in the room sometimes, but not just to be the loudest in the room, really, you know, inspiring others and influencing others. And I think when you put it together, it it changes it and it, you know, redefines like what lady means on its own. Right. Um, It, it, means, you know, a strong woman who not only stands up for herself, but what she believes in, isn't afraid to speak her mind, her heart, her opinions, you know, uh, consistent in her personal values and the causes that she champions. So uh, knowing what's, you know, makes her happy and isn't afraid to chase that. So, yeah. You know, you've got, you've had a lot of different experiences between, you know, being inspired by your mother growing up and other powerful ladies of the South. You've had experience at a very dynamic, you know, internationally recognized company of Apple. You have made all these other relationships with your, you know, on your friend dates, with the brand partnerships, like you're interacting with a lot of people in a lot of different spaces. 
When you look at your journey so far, are there core moments of someone reaching out and mentoring you or giving you a tip that has changed how you thought about yourself and your power that you weren't expecting? Hmm. That's a great, great question. I mean, I have been lucky enough to be surrounded by so many strong, powerful, influential women in my life. Obviously, my mother, she is my best friend and just, you know, such an inspiration for me. Um, my, My parents got divorced when I was at a really young age and she was a single mom for a while um, and taking care of me and my older brothers and just, you know, thinking back to that time, I was very young, but she was just so strong. And I feel like always such a constant inspiration for me in my life. And, um, you know, my, then my parents got remarried and I, I've had stepsisters and, and then my brothers have been married and I've had sister-in-laws who have just been so inspirational. My sister-in-law Emily is um, a female entrepreneur and founder herself. She co-founded the interior design startup, The Havenly, um, and then went on to found her own um, children's nursery and furniture company, Nurture Anne. And she's always just given me the advice to, you know, follow my passion and like, don't care what other, do not care what other people think. Like if, if you think it's a good idea, if you you know, are passionate about it, it will come to life. And, you know, uh, maybe it won't be successful at times, but you'll know that you're doing what you love. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she's been great. And outside of family, I actually was a competitive dancer growing up. So um, I've had many uh, dance teachers and my studio owner and my ballet teacher growing up. And I just think, I think sometimes I, I think back to those individuals and those women that I spent so much time with that really molded me into the person I am today. Um, you know, poised yet, uh, dedicated and, you know, um, consistent and, uh, and disciplined. Is that (laughs) (laughs) ballet? You, you think of discipline. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I, it's the list can go on and on of the different, Mm. you know, women in my life that have inspired me. The topic came up over the weekend about who we dress for. I went to a birthday party in LA with my sister, um, so, you know, celebrity group. And my, I wore a dress. My sister's like, that looks a little bit extra. I'm like, then we're wearing it. <laughs> and I, it, I hate that. I hate that word extra. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it, it should just be normal. You know, it's, it's you, it's a self-expression, but anyways, go. Well, and it's interesting because when I, um, after going to Burning Man, I've gone once, a lot of my friends go every year, but having gone and showing, seeing people just wear random combinations of things that they just thought were fun that day. It's like, there's a lot of the opinion of like, like the sexiness of like festivals and things now, Mm -hmm. but most people were just dressing the way that six-year-old them would have dressed if that's how they were still allowed to dress. You're like, yeah, I'm going to wear this like fur vest with these sparkly leggings. And yeah, it was just whatever brought you joy is kind of, it was like yeah. joy and practicality combined is what people were showing up in either because it's too hot or it's cold or it just feels fun. And I, that's one of the things that I've brought home a little bit was why are we dressing anything for anything other than joy? And because it makes us happy. Like, you know, why, why couldn't you wear a tutu all day if you wanted to? Like, 
Yeah. It probably depends on the environment. We can choose smartly <laughs> so we can be as powerful as we want to in different spaces. But who who do you dress for and how do you make your choices each day? Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, where I'm at right now, I dress for myself. I really, um, and luckily, you know, my husband likes the way I <laughs> um, but I do, I really dress for myself and, you know, we've talked about this. You can either find me in a dress, like I'm a huge dress enthusiast, like self-proclaimed dress enthusiast. I, my entire closet is dresses and I have drawers of flannel pajamas. So those are my two wheelhouses. Like I love midi dresses, maxi dresses. Like I just love the way they make me feel. I love, you know, um, that's just like my form of self-expression. I, I really love dresses. And yeah, when I was little, I had this red dress in kindergarten or first grade and I refused to take it off. Like every single day, my, I would just ask my mom to wear the red dress until finally, like, I think people started like raising their eyebrows. They're like, does she not have any other clothes? <laughs> and my mom was like, I think we need to retire the red dress. And it was just like such a terrible time, like when I had to stop wearing the red dress every single day. Um, so, you know, I always think back to that and it's like, wear the red dress, like wear, wear whatever you want and do what makes you happy. Um, you know, don't dress for other people. I think I dress for other women too. Like I love, mm -hmm. you know, I love when my friends and I get dressed up. I love, you know, even on Instagram or something, if someone sends me a message and I was like, I love this, like, where'd you get that? Or I have this coming up where, you know, what would you wear? Where, where would you buy this? It's like, that brings me so much joy that someone even cares to, to hear my opinion on that because I love helping other people find their form of self-expression. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I also love lately, like the Taylor Swift eras tour, like I feel like is kind of an example of Burning Man and, and what you're saying, like everyone's just like dressing like their eight year old selves or wearing, you know, sparkles or just everything. Hopefully I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm like, I would love that. That'd be great for me. Um, but yeah, I think just dressing for myself and, and what makes me feel good, what makes me feel confident and comfortable. Um, and that's what everyone should strive for. Right. I think so. You know, I, I do think that women, we dress for ourselves, but it's, we're always dressing for usually other women before men mm -hmm. because the other women will like get it. Yeah. Like when, when yeah. another, when a well-dressed woman acknowledges you for what you're wearing, it's the best compliment. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah. 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 Not uh, to say it doesn't matter what other people think. Cause like sometimes no. it, 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 it doesn't, but it does like, it, it makes you feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but, uh, four-year-old rainy in the red dress really did not care or give, <laughs> give a shit about what anyone thought that I was wearing the same dress every single day. It was your uniform. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. It was, it was. I love going back to our eight-year-old selves and I'm glad that you brought that up. It's to me, it's the pivotal moment when we still have full access to that freedom and our creativity and our imagination. And yet we also have access to and can function in the adult world. Mm -hmm. we, we know like rules and some boundaries. We know how to ask for what we want. It's like this perfect age. Like, and maybe it's even like the seven to 10-ish range. Yeah. But I always want to go back to eight-year-old me because... I'm having a good day if eight-year-old me is proud. 
Mm -hmm. What does it look like for you to have an eight-year-old proud day? So I think back actually to a specific story, um, story time. So when I was, I think this was when I was around nine, actually, um, it was like 2002, 2003 era. I was obsessed with Hillary Duff. Like, uh, like this was Lizzie McGuire yeah. era, her metamorphosis CD. I was in the fan club obsessed and there was a Hillary Duff national lookalike contest. So it was challenging young women to, you know, dress like Hillary Duff, like express yourself, take, take photos, submit them to the fan club and you could enter and win tickets to any Hillary Duff concert in the, in the nation and get to spend the day backstage with her. And so this was like peak Lizzie McGuire, like movie. Everyone loved her. All my friends entered, I think. I think the entire nation entered. And <laughs> <laughs> I made my mom uh, go to Walmart because she had a capsule collection with Walmart. Hillary Duff did. So I got the outfits. I made my mom like do my hair. Style. I styled a photo shoot in our living room. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. So this was like also my like early foray into marketing, I think too. It was like, you know, mom, like camera here. We're going to do like the poses, everything. So I made her do all that. We go to FedEx Kinko's. We print it out on laminated paper. I take a Sharpie. I autograph it like Rainy Lancaster, aka Hillary Duff, like center note. I'm like, you will not find like anyone else who is a bigger fan, like a bigger, like XYZ, just all of these things. But I really just like put the work into this brand campaign for myself for this competition. And my older brother, I will never forget, looked at me and he was like, you are so stupid. Like you, this is, <laughs> this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing for you. This is embarrassing for all of us. Like we don't know what you're doing. And I submitted it and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot my shot. And then I waited like two or three months. And I remember I was in New York City with my mom and she gets a phone call. I didn't have a cell phone then. And they're like, is this the parent? of Rainy Lancaster and she was like yeah and then she like looks in the other room they're like can we speak with her and she, she's like yeah and then she hands me the phone it's like Rainy this is the Hillary Duff fan club like we'd like to tell you you won like you <gasps> won the national Hillary Duff contest <laughs> look like contest and I was like of course I did <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't even it, it was like so funny because I, I feel like I've often struggled with like anxiety and self-doubt and, and I always think back to this moment I was so confident I was like I am gonna win this like I don't care what it takes I'm gonna win this my brother is wrong so my brother was not with us so I talked and I got tickets to her show in Jacksonville Florida ended up getting to spend the day like backstage with her and stuff but after I got that phone call my brother wasn't with us and I was like mom hand me the phone dial Chad <laughs> dialed my brother and he was like what and I was like yeah uh guess who just won like <laughs> look like contest so again long-winded story but I always think back to that moment and it's like a nine-year-old Rainy like I, I feel like would be proud of me right now you know because it's like just listen to your gut listen to what you want to do don't care what other people think, you know, don't compare yourself to others because there are probably so many other people in the space, obviously in the fashion lifestyle space and the entertainment space. 
you know, you're, you're always going to have competition. You're always going to have people doing the same thing. And it's just, you know, do your thing and, and do it with conviction. And that is what I did. And it paid off for me then. <laughs> that is today, to this day, my fun fact. And to this day, like, I'm still obsessed with her. I think if I ever, I've never met her in a non like stalker creepy setting like that. <laughs> and I'm a little afraid. Like I know she lives in LA. I'm like, what if I run into her? Like, do I tell her? Do I not? Um, but yeah, that's, you know, I, I think the story I always think of and like my family loves to joke about that one too. Cause it's just like, I, I knew what I wanted. I went for it. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I forget about her and I get lost in my own thoughts and I, you know, my insecurities take over like anyone else. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think I always have to come back to that moment and think about that and, you know, um, just keep trucking along and doing my thing. So yeah, There's... long story, long story. Sorry for that, but it's a funny one. <laughs> it was amazing. Please share more stories like that. There's so many things about that story that I am just over here getting more and more excited about. Yeah. <laughs> because it is such an example of just going all in. Like yeah. if you go all in, because you were you were never thinking I wasn't going to win. So you're like, all right, so I'm going no. to win. So to win, I have to do all these things. And the fact that you were put your blinders on and just told everyone what to do. You told your mom, we're doing this, we're doing this. Like, yeah, <laughs> when you're in that space, whether you're nine or 49, people tend to be like, okay, like they just make room. Yeah. And I do also love getting to tell someone that they were wrong. That's one of my favorite things of like, see, you yeah. said I couldn't do it. And I did anyway. Especially when it's your older brother, you know, <laughs> that like to me and I, and I'm so close with my, my older brothers, they're identical twins, but one of the twins, he always kind of like, you know, dug, mm-hmm. dug into me, which, which he claims was pushing me to be a better version of myself, which like probably worked, you know? Um, but yeah, wow. God, that, that moment was, it was pretty good just being right. And just like knowing, you know, knowing that mm-hmm. you were right the whole time. Well, and people will often ask, like, how do you get confidence or what's the difference between what you're feeling versus what you know? How would you answer that? Uh, You know, I think it's so hard. I think confidence comes ultimately from doing what you know you love. I think when I feel the most insecure is when I'm doing something that maybe I don't feel is like right for me or I'm not, you know, completely obsessed with the idea or like I really trust my gut. I've always feel like I've had a good gut, whether it's about people or projects or, you know, um, things I'm doing and stuff. And when my gut's not there, that's when the insecurity comes. So I feel like just just trusting your gut and and knowing, you know, um, what you love and what you're passionate about. And I think the confidence will fall after that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and obviously I still have my days of not feeling confident doing something I love. I think sometimes you get into that mentality of comparison, um, which strips away, I think, um, another, I think a creator tanks, you know, the creator tanks, she, she has this, uh, phrase that's like comparison is the thief of joy. And, um, it always stuck with me because it's so true. It's like you compare yourself to others in the same space. Um, 
and you'll just be stripped of your confidence and your happiness in doing what you love. So I, I really try not to do that. So trust my gut and um, strive not to to compare myself with others. Yeah. We asked everyone on the podcast where you put yourself on the powerful ladies scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you rank yourself today and on an average day? Oh, today? I don't know. Talking to you, I always feel more powerful, <laughs> more powerful version of myself. So probably a a seven, maybe, because, you know, I'm doing this. I am doing, you know, my, my full-time career right now. And um, I'm really excited about what I have coming this summer. Um, you know, a lot of great exciting collaborations coming up and pop-ups and, you know, the launch of um, larger endeavors and so forth. So I'm feeling very, very confident and powerful today. And then so seven today. And then average day, maybe a five. I think I, I generally feel confident and powerful in myself. But, um, you know, again, it, it, some days you have off days and some days you have on day. So teetering between a five and a seven, typically. (laughs) We've also been asking everyone this year, what do you need? What are you trying to manifest? How can we help? This is a powerful, connected community. You never know who has the next key that you need to unlock. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you need? How can we help you? Wow. What do I need? I, uh, for me, I think the most beneficial thing for me has been connecting with other females in the space, right? So um, just learning from them, having those conversations. And I think that's something that you have been so helpful with is connecting. You know, it doesn't have to be in the same space, but it's just like-minded women and and Mm -hmm. building that network and, you know, um, setting up those girl dates, (laughs) like we talked about in the beginning. And, um, you know, just learning, learning from their experience and getting their advice for, um, how I can improve my own business and my own personal brand. Right. Well, I'm really excited for your brand to launch. Um, technically your brand already exists in the Instagram space, but I'm excited for it to exist in its own website platform where we can Mm -hmm. all get involved. I like, I'm someone who my weakness is I default to practicality. I default to doing. And a lot of feedback I've gotten over the, over my career has been to remember to show up as powerful as I am. And it's been a really interesting uh, journey for me because my mother is like mega practical. Mm-hmm. If it's, it's amazing, like how that's the default. And I've always um, loved fashion. I worked in it for a long time. And I will sacrifice the things that bring me joy that you talk about because I'm like, oh no, we just need to get more done or I need to get one more call in or I need to help a client. Yeah. And I love your brand for the sense of reminding us to have beauty every day for ourselves and to, it really doesn't take that much time to mm-hmm. choose the more fun, the more beautiful, the more joy filled option versus not. Yeah, And so I'm excited to have regular reminders from you about how to do it and how to do it with ease. Because that's what I find so impressive with you is that you do all of these things, show up looking amazing every time, and you're just relaxed about it. I'm like, 
uh, okay, I just want to follow you around for one day and be like, what's actually happening? Like, how? Oh, what are these very, steps that I'm that missing? Very, very sweet. That was very <laughs> sweet because you, you don't see all the behind the scenes, but you know, I, I do find find joy and honestly, like relaxation sometimes in that process too, and, mm-hmm. and making things beautiful. And again, like I really want to emphasize, like everyone has their own definition of beautiful, and you know what brings them light and happiness and so forth. So I'm, I'm just trying to do my small part and and helping people find out what that is for them. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking time today to hang out with me, to share your story. Um, Thank you so much for everyone who wants to follow you, support you, um, work with you. Where are all the places they can go? Yeah, so right now my Instagram would be the main place at Rainy Lancaster. So it's R A I N E Y Lancaster, uh, and you know I have a link in bio there with with all my various links, um, and we'll be launching you know the the site and newsletter soon. So um, more to come. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to see what's happening, and I'm excited to see all of this come to life. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All the links to connect with Rainy are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.